0: we go okay so good afternoon good afternoon my name is Jacqueline Kaba Harrison you are joining us for a Queens roundtable show which happens every second and fourth Sunday of the month I bring on a different entrepreneur and we talk openly and honestly about entrepreneurship that's the good the bad and the ugly and they leave us with helpful tools and techniques on personal development as well as professional development so without further ado i am going to let my guest introduce herself
1: hi everyone my name is samantha white i am the owner of consult positivity which is a wonderful place where i help christian womenpreneurs of color to lead happy and productive lives I have kind of branded myself as a Christian mindset educator because I truly have a heart for teaching women how to get over a whole bunch of things and move forward and be the best you that you can be. And it really is a great thing that I like to do. Um, I am honored to be here today. And I am really excited to... Teach you new things. Hopefully, you will learn something from this fabulous conversation and also that you will share it with someone because you never know who may be struggling or who may need help. And uh, a lot of times, we do not tell other women about it or other people um, because we feel as though we're too strong or we're a superwoman and we have to break that stigma. So, you know, just sharing it on your page or um, your timeline, your story, whatever, um, is a way to share it without um, directly targeting any certain person. So I hope that you share this, I hope that you enjoy it, and once again, I'm really excited to be here.
0: Yes, 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 thank you. And forgive me, ladies, I was looking down briefly because I always like to make sure everything is shared out. So I don't even know if I introduced myself. I'm Jacqueline Cabai Harrison, and again, I am your host for a Queen's Roundtable show, which happens every second and fourth Sunday of the month. So we're going to dive right in, and I'm super excited about this this topic in general because I feel that us as African American women, we we have we we suffer from depression and or anxiety at increasingly higher rates. And also there's a lot of stigma within our communities about mental illness and actually you know, reaching out for help. So I am so, so excited and I think this is so needed um, because I think a lot of us just suffer in silence. You know, and it looks different for everyone, but I think a lot of us just kind of go through the motions because we feel like we have to be strong and we don't wanna wave that flag and ask for any sort of help. So I, I think this is an ongoing discussion which typically comes up, I'll be honest, it comes up just about every time that I interview a different entrepreneur. So I'm I'm really, really excited. So if you wouldn't mind just kind of going into us, what is your why behind your business? How, like, how long have you been in business? How did you start? Have you rebranded yourself? Just kind of give us a little bit of background on how did, how did this develop for you?
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. So that's like, 10 questions what let me start with my why my why is um as a young teenager uh, obviously i'm african american but as a young african-american teenage female i uh, was raising my brothers and sisters both my parents were working all the time my mom was working and in school it was just a lot going on um And then I had a very traumatic experience where that experience caused depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. And I was just really struggling. Um, It took a long time before I was taken to therapy. Not because I didn't agree, but just because only crazy people go there for some kind of reason. So I, and the therapist I did get, There was a lot of things that I would say and she wouldn't understand, like the nuances of our culture um, and how certain things made me feel. She didn't feel the same way. Um, And so I felt like there was an absence uh, in the mental health space um, of women of color. Like I wanted someone who looked like me, someone who could identify with the problems that I was having and who understood why this was such a big problem for me um and that wasn't there so moving into i don't know your second or third question was what ended up happening is i struggled with depression for about nine nine or ten years um like i said anxiety came with that i attempted to commit suicide at least four times that i can remember and um it just was a really hard road. And I was steady trying to like maneuver this thing called life, you know, like, and they don't, I wasn't, uh, my insurance didn't pay for therapy that whole time. So towards the beginning, um, I ran out of therapy sessions. Uh, She submitted a, uh, a thing to try to get more of them. And I got like six more and I was going every week. So that was like six weeks. And then it was just over and I was just lost. Um, and with me being lost and on my own, I really had to try to figure out where I was going to go from here. So that being said, I got into a very abusive relationship. Didn't start out that way, but it kind of stone rolled into that. But at at
0: that time you were an adult, you were a young adult at this, at this time, the nine years. By the time I got into the
1: abusive relationship, no. I was still in high school. Oh, you were in high school. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay. so it started as a teenager, okay. like 16. Um the abusive relationship came 17. So, I was still in high school. Um that relationship carried all the way through college. We actually got married when I graduated college. Still still abusive, but you know. Okay that's a whole different topic for a different day. I'm just taking you to when I actually started the business. So then that was another trauma that I suffered. Um, and when I say abusive, I mean, physically, emotionally, and mentally. To the point when after I graduated from college, my um, self-esteem and my self-worth was really, really low. Um, so then after that, we got a divorce. Well, we separated two months after um, we got married, which was crazy. Um, that was another blow to my (laughs) self-esteem because I had just invited all these people and then I had to tell all these people who weren't married anymore and then after that uh, I met my husband that I have now obviously um at well I knew him but I didn't know him in that kind of way because as I told you I was in this this mindset of the husband I had and then um he was the one the whole purpose of me telling you all of this is he was the one who inspired me um, to start the business that is Consult positivity because I was a crazy person walking in Walmart, um, talking to people who I could just feel the depression coming off of them. Um, And I would just talk to them about it and hug them and pray with them and tell them that they always had a friend in me if they needed anything, giving out my cell phone number to random people. Like, I was just so excited to try to help someone that I could just feel like they weren't happy, you know? And he's like, okay, if you're going to do this, like you need to make this a business. I don't know what it is that you're doing per se. But you got to get your life together. Like you were just, <laughs> and sometimes the person would receive it like happily. And then other times they would try to deny what, and I, I guess, um, someone who has been there, you can kind of just like, Feel that, um, that sadness because it's a it's a deep sadness, um, and so I was attempting to give everyone these olive branches, if you will, to try to come out of that darkness. Um, and then I eventually figured out a system, and uh, I got my master's in psychology, and uh, started consult positivity like full time, which was a huge jump. And I was so scared. Um, And then, let's see, what else did I do? So then I started, um, I took this coaching program. I started with that. And that program, um, it was nice. I did that, but it wasn't really what I wanted. It wasn't what I thought it would be. Um, So I stopped doing coaching per se and turned into the educator that you see now um, because my whole thing is to teach you the tools that you need in order to be successful and then let you go into the world and, and be that successful woman that you aspire to be. And then if you need any support or help, then I'm still here. You know, my clients text me all the time. My past clients text me all the time. I'm still an available resource um, of inspiration or encouragement. If you just want to know how good you look in that dress because you look good in everything. I'm going to tell you that. Um, I'm just, I'm just here and I really have a heart and a passion for women because I I know what it feels like not to have anybody to speak life and positivity into you. Um, So I really, it is really important to me that you have at least one person um, that you can see and talk to that, that really wants the best for you. So I hope that answered all of your questions because I really tried to put that into a bow. But
0: I want you to to feel comfortable with, um, you know, explaining, you know, and and telling us, I don't want you to feel rushed. Um, I was going to ask you because I didn't want to interrupt. I was going to ask now your mom and just your family in general, does does depression run in your family or any sort of mental illness run in your family?
1: Okay. Uh not depression per se. Okay. Um there are some like addictive characteristics, but this is more like on the psychology side. So there are some like addictive characteristics that I see um present in my family, um but no, no one has been like actually diagnosed with anything. Um so that was another burden to bear. Um that it wasn't like my mom was schizophrenic. So I'm schizophrenic. And so, you know, it just runs in my family. There's nothing I can do about it, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, that wasn't prevalent in my family. And if it was, um, it wasn't something that they talked about and they wouldn't even go to therapy to get, you know, diagnosed with it. So it wasn't something that they even thought was like acceptable. Okay.
0: Okay. So you're, while you were going through that, like when you were in high school, how did how did your how
1: did your mom and your dad react to it? Um, because the traumatic event, um, and I should stop calling it that. I don't really know what to call it. Um, need a better name for that. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to tell you what it is, and then you can label it however you want. Um, so I was raped by my pastor when I was 16. So because that moment or span of time um, gravely affected my family because it was a a church that, you know, my immediate family went to. Um, And he was also a, a very prominent person in the community. So it affected the community. And it was just like so many layers to this onion that my parents, even though they wanted to support me and I believe that they had my best interests at heart, Mm-hmm. they were really focused on attempting to heal the, the the own their wounds that they had on the inside does that make sense and so i don't think anyone really knew how deeply it affected me and by the time that i got um to the point where i wasn't you know uh, depression has these like kind of not stages per se but these kind of loops and ups and downs and by the time I hit like a very very low point where I wasn't bathing and I wasn't brushing my teeth and I wasn't doing anything but just laying there waiting to die um I think that's when like a light bulb went off like she's crazy crazy (laughs) you know like that's when they were like oh we need to do something about this and um because the case went to trial, they took me to um, an investigator lady, and mm-hmm. she um, she told them, I think she needs to go to therapy, and then uh, that's how I got there. Okay. But I I don't know if that conclusion would have came to them on their own because it just wasn't acceptable. Okay. Um, as African Americans to go there. Mm-hmm.
0: So that yeah, and that's what we talked touched on a little bit earlier. So, mm-hmm. okay. So that's now, and I, I'm I'm jumping, I'm jumping around a little bit, but so how did, so the coaching and, and, and the, the educating or now the, the educating. So just in case there's women out there that may be, you know, catching the replay or listening now that may have some questions about that. Like, well, what, what does that, what does that look like? Like when you, you are a, and you, you educate, so you educate women on. Mental illness, or or the signs of um, when to get help. Elaborate a little bit more about that.
1: Okay, so at first, I thought I wanted to be a therapist, so I was getting my master's in um, therapy. Then I realized that that was a little constricting for me. It wasn't really what I wanted to do, Um, and as a young adult, you're always figuring figure out what you want to do with your life. And so I switched from therapy to counseling, figured out that wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, ended up getting my master's in developmental psychology. Um, then I was like, well, I'm going to be a psychologist. So, <laughs> so I did that for a little while. I didn't like that. Um, and then I was like, well, you know, this was when coaching really became like this new thing. Because it was like really changing people's lives, you know, and like people were like really excited about it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I want to do that. So then I started doing that. I paid for the class. I did it for maybe like a year and it just it never felt right. And the crazy thing was, according to the teacher of the class, I was never really doing coaching Anyways, I was still doing what I wanted to do (laughs) (laughs) because proper coaching um, has a a form. Um, It's like a language almost. And they teach you like how to do it correctly and how it should be done. Um, and I knew how to do it right. So it wasn't that I was unlearned because I went to this whole program. Um, but it was that it didn't fit into the way that I normally teach. Okay. And so I was like, well, why do I still have that title? Like, I'm not even doing it. Like, I'm not even doing it. And I'm calling myself that. It's not even what I do. And so I really sat down and thought about what is it that you actually like to do? Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, I actually like to teach people. And then watch them be great, you know. Like I wanna, <laughs> I wanna teach them, and then see the results on the other side. Like I, I want, I want to pour into them what they need, um, and then watch them soar. Like I, I you know, it's almost like you um, you see a, a wounded bird on the ground, and you nurse it to health, and you clean its wounds, and then one day you know, even though it's gonna be so sad, because. <laughs> Because I get so sad when they leave, (laughs) you know, you have to open the window and hold your hands out and know that the bird is going to fly. Like, but that moment where they open their wings and you see this like soaring and you're like, this was worth it. Mm -hmm. Those are the moments that really make the trauma that I experienced, Mm -hmm. the, the hurt and the pain that I went through for all those years worth it you know, mm-hmm. because I truly believe without those moments in my life, I, I know that I wouldn't be the person that I am today, mm-hmm. you know, and I also wouldn't be able to help people the way that I, ha- I help them. Now I know I would be helping them do something because I like to help people, but I don't think it would be the same thing that I do today. Okay. Wow.
0: Yeah. I, I could hear the, I can hear the passion in your voice as you, as you talk. So, for those that, that, are out, that, that are listening, I mean, there's entrepreneurs that are all at all levels, all stages in the game. And some of them may, may even be trying to figure out, you know, what's best for them, you know, and maybe like, like you say, they might see coaching and feel like, oh, okay, well, maybe maybe that's it. Let me, let me do that. You know what I mean? And I think that this is all part of the process in terms of figuring out, you know, what it is that, that you want to do. And sometimes you start out doing one thing and you're like, hmm, doesn't feel quite right. And you might shift it, you may re- rebrand, you may do something different, you know, and that's, o- that's okay, that that's part of the process. So I'm thinking like, I'm, this is what's kind of going on in my head, like I'm thinking therapist, I'm thinking coach, and I'm thinking educator. So coaching, and again, I, I know that that's a, that, that's a big, big term that a lot of us throw around, But from the way the way you view it or the way you understand it, what's the difference between a coach and an educator?
1: Okay, so a coach in its and now we have to set this precedence that people change it to fit whatever their business model is. But coach at its basic, if we think about it before it went big time, before it was like super popular, a coach was someone that pressed you through and supported you to get through this thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so if you think about it, like sports, which is where it originally was, um, is that your basketball coach or, you know, whatever sport, but I'm just basketball is the one I'm thinking of. That's the season we're in at right now, actually. Uh, basketball <laughs> is um, that coach would get you through that time. You know, they would get you through that season and, with kids, especially with my brother and sister, because they play basketball every year, they have this sort of grieving process when there's a break and there's no more basketball. And they see their coaches, but it's not the same feeling of closeness. So coaching is to get you from point A to point B. Okay. Hope that made sense. That, that I love how you broke that down. Okay. And then education um, is something that no one can ever take away from you. That's right. It's something that when I, and I truly, I truly believe in, in Jesus Christ. So, you, you know, like if you don't, you just have to, this is my analogy that I got. <laughs> I believe that he really like sets me up with people that really need what I know how to do, you know, and then he like he makes it so that it's this relationship because that was something I was really missing in therapy. I only got to talk to her when we first started, it was like twice a week. Um, And then after that, it was once a week. And then it was, but it's only while um, we're in this session, like while you're sitting on her couch or the bed or whatever she has in her office, while you're sitting in that chair. Um, And that was something that I never liked because, I didn't have a lot of problems with my depression during the daytime when she was available. (laughs) A lot of my time of sadness came at night. Um, And people say we use the suicide hotline, but you don't get the same person every time. So it's not a rapport or relationship. Um, And I wanted it to be where I had a friend um, that I knew was always there for me. So with education, um, that teacher, that person is there day in and day out. You know, um, if, if we take it back to the school system, you know, your your kindergarten teacher is there all year long. Like you, unless something happens to them or you, then you get the same person. You don't get a new one. <laughs> that's, that's who you start your foundation with. That's who you start your first day of school. And that's who carries you all the way through until you get to first grade. And, and if you even think about it, if they stay at that same school, which most of them do, mm-hmm they're still there if you need support even while you've moved on into first grade. That's true. So, and, and I, my kindergarten teacher, you guys might think this is crazy, but I went to a private school. So I loved that woman. I mean, she could have been my mom. I love that woman so much. When I went, <laughs> when I went back to our um, open house, like forever later, and I think I was in high school that was the first room I wanted to see. Like I wanted to see her because she had a passion for teaching us um, so many great things. And she really set the foundation that made me like education. Um, So with that, that's for me, that's, that's the difference. And so as I learned and grow, I've just figured out like, this is what I actually like to do. And my husband always told me I should have been a teacher. um, But you know, The way the school system is set up now, you know, more power to y'all. And I support y'all 100%. That's just not (laughs) where I'm supposed to be. So (laughs) I'm just staying here. (laughs) More more power to y'all. That's all I can say right now. (laughs) Lord Jesus. So they just have, like, I mean, for what they're getting paid. And then now what they have to deal with. And now they're adding all these extra kids to your class. And you end up with, like, 20-something kids. And it's just you. It's just. Like, 29.
0: I think there's 29. My son's eight. I think there's
1: 29 kids in his class. And my mama, like, she was going to go crazy with me and my brother. And we're six years apart. So I can't even imagine, like, 29 of all the same, they're all the same, you know, age. At least with me, like, I was a little older, so I could have helped her with my brother a little bit, you know? Whereas, like, if we're all the same age, and then we all get together, and then we're all off task, it's like mm-hmm. roping kids in to try to get everybody to learn. hmm it's a
0: blessing. Yep. I don't see how they do it. So, you now of course you touched on this Samantha, but <clears throat> one of my questions I always ask is what has been your major challenge and how did you you know, some I guess you could say overcome or sometimes I don't really like using that word or how did you um, you know, allow it not to cause you to completely give up? So I know you, you know, shared, shared your story with us, but what what was the <clears throat> I know you had the, as you say, the, the traumatic um incident. I I'll, I'll just go with that. But and then, you know, you had you you were the, the feelings of depression, you saw the therapist, and then at some point it was just like, okay, you know, no more sessions. So how did you how did you begin to to pick up the pieces for for those out some because there might be somebody out there that's maybe going through this exact same thing
1: right now. And I can't even take credit for that, really. Um, after I got after we officially separated, me and my ex husband, I my depression hit an all time low. You know how I told you before in high school. It was an all-time low. Oh, it was lower than that now because the person that had supported me through the trial and through like all the stuff with the first trauma is now gone and they caused trauma. And now for once, I'm actually realizing that even though I thought that that was support, it wasn't positive support. And so at this point, I'm actually dealing with the trauma from my teenage year, the first trauma. And I'm dealing with the trauma, the loss, the grief of losing this person that has been with me for five years you know like my whole college experience I was dating engaged to this person Um, the rest of my high school so two years out of high school I was dating this person so it was just this huge chunk of my life and I cried for months until I don't know it was just like that's what I said you have to believe in you have to believe in something higher than you because I really just like one day I woke up after literally like just crying my eyes out the day before and the night before crying myself to sleep. I woke up and I was like, I'm over it. <laughs> I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do something with my life. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but you have bills, you have an apartment, you have friends, uh, you have family members. Like, you have to do something like you can't, you're not going to die by crying. Like it's not, it's not a way to die. So you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do. And for a long time, um, I left my faith because I felt like, how could he do that to me? Um, And I hadn't done anything, you know, everyone sins, but I hadn't done anything that I felt like was worthy of that kind of trauma at all. Um, And so I just tried to like, do one thing at a time. So, anyone that's been through a divorce, you know, you got to se- start separating bank accounts. You got to start getting people off your house and and all this other stuff. So I, I was just like, okay, today we're gonna go to the bank and we're gonna separate the bank account. It's the only thing that I want to get accomplished today. I know it only takes like thirty minutes, but it was a lot. It was a lot because people want to know. They want to ask you all these questions you don't want to answer. Like, when are they coming back? I don't know. Probably never. You know, like they, they have a whole bunch of questions, and then, um, so it was just like one step at a time. Okay. Um, really, like, not trying to overwhelm myself. And I didn't really have a plan. So I don't even want to say sit down and make a plan because sometimes that can be very overwhelming. Like, mm. there's so many things you have to do. And I don't know about what state you guys are in, but in the state of North Carolina, you have to be separated for a year before you can get a divorce. Really? Yes. Isn't that just atrocious? (laughs) So we were still legally married for a whole year. Hmm. And so I didn't really have a reason. Um, I had a reason, obviously we're separated, but I didn't have a legal reason for why I wanted to separate our bank accounts. Um, And then what they told me, this is just a little weird tidbit, is that um, because it was a joint account, I couldn't actually separate the account. We opened it together. So what I would have to do is get my new, like a new bank account in my name by myself, which I was like, oh, that's cool. Until I realized that my, um, oh, what's called? My direct deposit went into that joint account. And you know, they don't do it, like when you switch accounts, they don't do it like right then. They kind of like, I don't know. It takes him a little while. And then you know that this man was still swiping that card knowing he ain't putting put no money in there. Um, and then I went to the bank to ask them to put a hold on the card. And they were like, well, that's his card. And so a whole big to-do, I had to take my brother with me, who I told you earlier is my little brother, but he is so much bigger like, than me and taller <laughs> So I took him uh, with me to meet my ex-husband to get my debit card back because he spent like half my paycheck one time and I know he did it out a spike because mm. he didn't put any money in there. Mm. Um, and it ended up hurting me financially, you know, but it was just like, okay, next thing we got to get our debit card back. You know, I thought separating the accounts was going to be the end of it. So it was just like one thing after another, but my whole point is just take one step at a time, you know, try to, and that's, that's even how I teach productivity, like do one move a day. Um, in, in the productivity world, we call it make, you know, do one money-making activity a day, at least one. Um, but in your life, it's like, do one thing that's actually going to move you forward a day. Okay. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that
0: about the overwhelm piece. Because, you know, sometimes, like you say, to sit down and make a plan may be overwhelming for some people. You know, but if you just kind of just focus on just, just one thing at a time you know
1: that's why I make the plan and you just follow it like I, I, and a lot of times <laughs> in the beginning when I first started this thing I would tell you what the plan was and then that was overwhelming though but, what? and I was like no no don't write it down I was just telling you and then I was like okay we're gonna have to stop doing that because that some people it works really well for and some people are mm-hmm. overwhelmed them yeah. just to hear what the plan is mm-hmm. um so I make the plan for you based off everything that you tell me like what you want to do what it looks like what, what you like what you want to feel like all these things I sit down, I pray over it, and I'm just like, okay. How do I get her from A to B to even C? Because my plans always are, like, a little higher than yours, you know? Because, I don't know, depending on where your level of self-esteem is, Mm -hmm. you'll tell me, I just want to feel better. And I'm like, we can do that in our sleep. Like, no, no, no. We're going to get past feeling better, and we're going to get to what your dream or your goal is, you know? The thing that you told me was an aspiration, but you aren't even thinking about that right now. So that's like how I plan it to even get you to that point to at least start. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the plan is definitely, it's there, but you just see it as taking one step, you know? Okay. And taking that one step each day. Um, how long have you been doing this, Samantha? Oh see so <laughs> getting paid for it I've been doing it for uh 2 years since July of 2017 for free I've been doing <laughs> I've been doing it since 2013 Okay just for free and that's what I was telling you about like going into Walmart and talking to people okay. getting their phone numbers and like and I was really like <laughs> my method that I've used has has improved, you know, with technology, but I'm still doing the same thing that I, I had the passion to do before. It's just like kept changing the title to try to find something because people would always ask, well, what the, who are you? Like, and I was like, oh, I, you know, I'm Samantha. And they was like, yeah, what's your title? And I was like, yeah, I don't really have one. I guess I need to work on that. And so it was just <laughs> so it's just like, a, so that's how I end up going through all these phases because I feel a lot of times it's like we know what drives us but we don't know what to call it and so we get kind of stuck in this like trying to put it in a box you know Mm -hmm. that it really doesn't fit in because when I really sat down and thought about it I was like this is not therapy all that I know about therapy all the classes I've taken this is not therapy I was like this is definitely not coaching this is not counseling it's like what is it that I'm actually doing I'm teaching people I'm educating people so I'll just call it that for now. And who knows, maybe... Mm-hmm, it might change. Next year, it might change. You know, they might come out with something cool, and I want to call it that, and I'll, I'll change it again. But hopefully... <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I, I totally get it. You know, I'm a I'm a licensed clinical therapist, but <clears throat> when I think about therapy, it, 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 it's like I, I feel like what I do doesn't necessarily fit into that realm. Because to me, it's about it's about educating people and so they can make better choices for themselves you know mm-hmm. just in 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 general they can make better choices for themselves and be able to live you know authentically and do what feels good to them you know have a life of purpose you know so i i, I totally get it and I, and i'm glad that we're talking about this in terms of the therapy piece and um coaching and and education you know cuz i'm I know that that this is going to be beneficial for some of you ladies out there that are, you know, again, just kind of, you know, in the process. And again, it happens in the beginning and probably throughout our journeys, our entrepreneurial journeys that, you know, we rebrand or, you know, we start out one way. I'll say this again. We start out one way and then we kind of like, "Mm, not quite it, you know? So this is all totally normal. uh, Yeah. And don't
1: feel bad because you never know until you try. Like, It took me my, like, third or fourth class of therapy when I was like, yeah, no, no. And then coaching, like I told you, I went through the whole program, paid for it, and it wasn't cheap, by the way, um, did it for a year and was like, yeah, I've never actually done coaching. And that, and that was a critique that the guy told me, the, the coach in the class, mm-hmm. he was like, because um, we have to do it back and forth. And uh, I was talking to this girl, and he was like, that's not coaching. What is that? i was like i don't know by then i already had the business like by then i was already like doing it but not getting paid for it Mm um what do you mean by doing it back and forth so in the program Mm -hmm. they actually like connect you with another person um that's in the program with you and because it's um It's not virtual, it's face to face. Mm -hmm. So they connect you with another person that wants to be a coach as well. And then you and that person practice coaching on each other. So when he actually walks up to me and he listens to like this conversation me and this girl are having, um, he was like, That's not coaching. What is that? And I was like, "I, I don't know. It's kind of what I do every day, you know? And then he was like, But that's not coaching. And I was like, Yeah, the more I learn about this, the more I'm realizing that. I don't know if this is what I want to do. Right. But this is like the last day of the class. I've already paid for it. I'm already here, you know, (laughs) whatever. Um, and it was just, and it was crazy because I never, I heard him, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really realize the magnitude of what he was saying. Like what you're doing right now is not what I just taught you like over this span of time. And then as I continued, I continued to do it the way I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just one day though, I was like, I don't know why I'm calling myself a coach because when people would say, are you a life coach? I would be like, no, I'm a mindset coach. Like, because my focus has always been in the brain, which is why I like developmental psychology. Um, How trauma affects the brain, you know, why people react to trauma in certain ways, Mm -hmm. how those reactions, burdens can be reversed like all of those things are things i was really interested in Mm -hmm. um so they'd be like so what's a mindset coach and i was like you know what i just told you and then they're like uh is that really coaching i was like "Ah, you know there's no really (laughs) there's no really guidance on what exactly I have to do which is why i think i liked it because i was able to do it the way i wanted to Mm -hmm. um so yeah so the the main encouragement there is just Figure out what what makes you really, really passionate and then do more of that. Okay. So I'd like
0: to ask you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to string three questions together. And you okay. can, here I go, right? And you can answer them however you like or whatever order you like. But I'm pretty sure that they, of course, I get a call, I never get a call. Um, you can answer them however you like or in you know, whatever order because I know that they're probably going to be all intertwined. But how do you practice how do you practice good self-care? Tell us something interesting about you and what advice would you give to a younger version of yourself?
1: Okay, the most important one for me is what advice would I give to a younger version of myself? And I would tell her to trust her gut at all times. like. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I could just like rewind time back and trust my gut, trust your woman's intuition, trust the Holy Spirit, whatever it is you want to call it, if I could trust that inside of me, I would have had so many less problems. Because when I first talked to, when I first texted, because he texted me, my ex husband, I was like, hmm, and that should have been enough for me to cut it. And then if I would have cut it then, could have saved me five years of unhappiness. Um, when I first got into the car with the the man that raped me, he smelled weird and I didn't like the smell and it almost made me nauseous. And that should have been enough for me to get out the car. But, you know, you trust people because who they are and the position that they have. But if I just, I'm really like, and I know I'm young, so I can't really say in my old age, but, <laughs> but as I get older, I'm really teaching myself like, what was that feeling? Did we like that feeling? No, we're going to have to put a pause on that before we decide that we're going to do it. Um, so I would tell people that, like, and I tell all my clients that, listen to yourself, because a lot of times you make the decision, you get the, the ramifications, and then you come to me to fix it. When you really, this is why I offer texting, you could just text me and be like, hey, with everything that you know about me, you think this is a good idea. And then I'd be like, mm. and then when I have that feeling, I'm like, no, nah, I, I don't, I can't go with it. So that would be like the best piece of advice I could have given my younger self is to trust yourself. Okay. Because a lot of times people try to manipulate you and they try to like work you into doing what they want you to do and if you know, just listen to yourself in the beginning, oh, you could have saved yourself so much time. And then how do I practice self-care? Um, oh, I have so many ways. So I, <laughs> what I tell my clients is to try to do at least one small self-care activity a day. Um, and then on your day off, well first of all you need a day off so you know there's that and then (laughs) because a lot of people don't do that now and then um on your day off do this big self-care project so my little activities vary each day because if i did the same activity every day it wouldn't be a self-care activity because i get bored um but some of them are just like listening to music and dancing singing in the shower for these long crazy crazy long showers Great thing we don't have to pay for water here, or I don't even know how much that bill would be um, sometimes buying clothes, but in moderation because you're not supposed to do that in excess. Um, just sitting on my patio, I have a really great view on the third floor, so I can see like the tops of the trees for miles. It's really beautiful. sometimes I put on a sweater and boots, and then I still go out there and sit okay. just because I want to see like the prettiness okay um so th- all of these activities are things that really make me happy as a person um and and those are things i like to do and then on my day off i kind of separate myself um from the world now of course if a client is having like an emergency or something then i'm there but if if i can help it i try not even check my email or um anything on my day off i just try to really be happy in my own environment Um, and me and my husband have separate days off so he can be happy in his own environment without me. And then I can be happy in my environment. And then we have one day that we date night and we're together for that, that time together. And if I'm honest, I don't remember what the other question was. I did too. <laughs> <You> did too. <laughs> um,
0: tell us something interesting about you. Oh, shoot. Okay.
1: Um, I don't know. Um. I want to say I'm plain, but I don't really have a lot. uh, Interesting. I guess um, I'm the oldest of four. Okay. And me, and then my biological brother that's right under me, um, the one that's six years apart. And then my parents adopted two of my cousins who are now my brother and sister because we adopted them. And um, they're twins. Uh, They are. Oh, she's going to be so mad. I believe they're 14 this year and they are on the basketball team and they're really cool. And I, I really enjoy our extended little family. <laughs> I'm glad that we brought them in. they has been a great blessing, um, to our family and, uh, That wasn't really interesting about me. That was more interesting about my family. I would say that I'm very, uh, I think a lot. And um, sometimes, this is kind of interesting, for someone that teaches people how to be successful, sometimes I get hard on myself or I'm hard on myself um, because I don't don't come outside my show. So that was something that my mom has always hated. When she wants to, (laughs) (laughs) she'd be so mad when she wants to be social like with other people especially people I don't know I don't want to do that I want to be more like my dad and be very reserved um, for someone who literally I literally give speeches for a living um, and I, I talk for a living sometimes I'm very introverted and I just I don't want to I just don't want to do that. And then I'll see someone random in the grocery store. and feel compelled to talk to them. Yeah. And then I'm like super extroverted. And then that just makes my mom mad because she tried to get me to talk for like 20 minutes and I didn't want to. and I wasn't. <laughs> so like, I have this kind of like switch. So I guess that's an interesting thing about me. I just kind of like switch. And my mom tells her friends that all the time, just recently at the fair, we were at the fair and um, she was trying to introduce me to one of her friends. And I was just like, Oh, hi," right. You know, polite. Um, and she's like, yeah, she's being like her dad right now. So you'll have to talk to her later. But it was funny um, because I, ha- I have that kind of switch back and forth. Okay. Jason,
0: I'm recording. So segue into your topic for us, the breaking the tide of depression.
1: Ooh, so I feel like we've kind of talked about that a little on and off through this whole thing. Um, But depression is something that is not your fault. It's something that can be overcome. It's something that you don't have to live with for the rest of your life. And there are so many resources to really... um, Especially in a world of technology, to really help you come out of that. And I, I truly believe that as women, specifically um, African American women, we, society has already set this thing that we're not good enough. You know, women in general are just not good enough. And then black women, we're loud and crazy. And, and I remember as a little kid, and I was like, I'm not loud. And then it's like, yeah, but black women are loud. And I was like, but I'm not loud. Not normally, you know, I I don't think so. And so I had this, like, as a kid, I'm already having this struggle of who I am as a person um, and who society perceives me to be without me even speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, So with depression, and it shows itself in different ways. So one thing that I greatly dislike is when someone tries to say, well, depressed people, don't do this, or they don't do that, you know, like, you can't tell someone how they should exhibit their emotions, you know, now we can definitely tell you what is a healthy way, and a negative way, but we can't tell you, you don't have the right to be sad anymore, that was a long time ago, you know, that those, those types of conversations are detrimental to your recovery Mm -hmm. you know um and the more that you let those negative conversations in your ear the more they affect you as a person so that's something i I definitely teach is like curving those conversations curving those people and and you know sometimes they're family members and that's that's a turf a tough curve but i've had to do that before and um i still have to do it sometimes and and when people see that some, oh gosh, how did I say it yesterday? I was literally having this conversation yesterday. Okay. I was telling this person that how people treat you is based upon what you allow them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and once they do it that one time, that, that was just a test. You know, and they're just going to see if you're going to let them put their foot in the water. And then once they see that it's acceptable by you not saying anything, they continue to do that like over and over and over again and it may hurt you and the crazy thing is by the time you say something about it they're offended because they must have done it a hundred times and you've never said anything yeah so i have already learned setting standards and um perfect example i'm having a cookout at my house right Everybody that was invited, even some people that you didn't invite, but they show up anyways because, you know, they just do that. I don't know why black people do that, but we just do that. And uh, <laughs> those people are outside of the house, right? Because cookouts are outside, right. right? Those are all your associates, coworkers, even some of your friends, some of your family that have to stay outside, right? And then people that you allow in your house to sit on your couch during the cookout and actually be with you in like a, a consecrated or a special type of way those are like your good friends you know and then those people the people inside they get to use your bathroom right but people outside they have to use the guest bathroom and you're gonna like you or your kid or your husband somebody is gonna walk them from the outside to the bathroom and then make sure they get back outside because that's where they're supposed to be because you know people be stealing so <laughs> It's the same way in your emotional life. Now, those people that get into your bedroom, like in your, your special place, that's where your spouse should be. And that's a place to save for them. It's also where like close, close members of your family would be. And that's the way you need to think of your, your emotional space because cookouts for some, I'm telling, every time I tell this story, a lot of people are like, yeah, I get it. And I'm like, yes, okay, now apply that to your emotions because this is exactly what we do. We set boundaries for our house, our physical house, our apartment, whatever it is, whatever kind of place you live. But for your emotions, some reason, those boundaries are fluid and people just go and come as they please. And and, and you have to set those standards and those boundaries <coughs> before even entering that that relationship with a person. And then, if you're already in a toxic uh, relationship, then you know, hey, this is something that I don't agree with, and I've had to tell a friend that before like i I, I can't agree with that, so I ask that you not do that in my presence, okay via the phone, be it Facebook, whatever in person i can't i can't I can't deal with that um and sometimes there are a little
0: Taken a bet. Um,
1: you know, I'm an adult. That's great. And you can go be an adult at your house. But at my cookout, we're not doing that. You know, and some people, some people at their cookouts, they like to drink and have a good time. They may listen to secular music, and that's cool. But at Sam's cookout, I don't I don't allow drinking. That's just that's just not how we're doing it, you know, and and whatever your boundary is. You don't allow that at your cookout, whether outside your house, mm-hmm. inside your house, in your bathroom. You know, there's just certain things that our parents would not have allowed in their house. And that, that's the mentality you have to take for your emotions. So I would think, I would say that that's something that you definitely, with depression, you have to have even more boundaries because you need to be able to let people in so you can have a good, um, positive narrative and kind of like a a conversation about it Mm -hmm. but you also have to really watch those negative conversations because they are so much more detrimental when you're already in that that low place Mm -hmm. so that's when you need those people that you allow in your bedroom those people that you allow in your house that's the kind of fellowship you need now you don't need a cookout of like all these random people sitting outside you don't need a a birthday party with your coworkers. You don't need that. You need like people that actually love and care for you um, and that would feed you positivity. You know, that, that, that's what you need in your close-knit environment. And that's what you need when trying to get out of this crazy place. Um, that kind of support is, is definitely so productive.
0: Why do you think a lot of us may find it challenging to like how you use the analogy of like who you allow in your house, you know, maybe you're very particular about who you allow in your house, but then you don't do the same with your emotions. You mentioned, and I know I'm kind of paraphrasing cause I don't remember your exact words, but how you talked about like you allow people to like go in and out, you know, so, so mm-hmm. freely and don't really establish, you know, establish boundaries and so forth in terms of your emotions and stuff like that. So how, why, why do you, why do you think that is the case? a lot of times
1: because that's not something that we're taught like but as children if you think about like Mm -hmm. anytime your parents had anything there were not people in their bedroom like that it just didn't i remember my grandma would have these huge cookouts she would invite the whole neighborhood but there was not one person in her bedroom like did you and even when I would go in there, and I'm the firstborn grandson, she's like, "Where are you going? What do you need in there? Right, what you doing?" And i was there? like, "Oh, I just wanted to use your bathroom." She's like, "What's wrong with the bathroom over there?" And then I'll have to explain that there was somebody in the bathroom. You know, you know what? And then she, I, 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 <laughs> you'
0: because you, you are so right there. But like, what you what you doing? What you need in there? What what, what you need out of here? You're right there. They'll get
1: to jump on you real quick. You're going in that bedroom. <laughs> but they don't teach you now. They teach and 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 that's not even something they teach directly, but indirectly, they just taught you that only a certain person is allowed in here right Mm -hmm. and then you have to explain why you need to go in there well you know jimmy is in the other bathroom and we only have two and i have to be right now like you have to kind of like tell this whole synopsis about why you need to go to the bathroom just to get to go in there and go to the bathroom and then but that's not something that they teach like with your emotions Mm -hmm. and i really feel like it's it's just because they don't know any better you know mental health wasn't was not big at all in the african-american community during their time you know but they know about their house and how to protect it and so i use that this is how you should protect your emotions this is how you should protect your your brain and and what you feast upon you know what, what you see what you watch what you eat like whatever goes into your body whatever goes into your spirit whatever goes into your mind those are things that you produce out you know so you just Just being very protective of your emotional, mental, physical space. Because we seem to be kind of protective with our physical space. You know, like we already know, like, this is my house, and some friends come to your house. Mm. Some friends you always go to theirs and they never come to yours. Uh, Some friends you only talk to at work because you don't know how crazy they are. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's just, (laughs) you just have all these like different layers.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Same way, but for your brain and for those conversations and some people you just won't be able to associate with uh, on a deeper level, um, because they've already told you what they stand upon, and that may not be something that you can take in. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just saying that that may not be something that you can take in. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, ending our
0: time today, Mm-hmm. or in our in our conclusion i guess i'll say that that that's better let let the audience know what like what like like well who is your ideal tar or who is your target population and what type of services or courses are you offering at this time and just you know just vo- vocally just tell us where they can find you or tell them how they can find
1: you Okay, I'll start with the first question. My target audience are Christian womenpreneurs, so women business owners of color. Okay. So that that is the easiest way, and I have had to work on figuring that out. That is the easiest way I can describe um, the people that I help day in and day out. Um, now that doesn't mean that I won't help you specifically. That just means that is like what I am known for and really, really good at so the consultations are free to anyone um so feel free to um take advantage of that and then from there we can figure out if you like me enough and if this is gonna work you know and if you like my teaching style because that's very important to me um and then oh services that i offer trying to remember the question okay so i have a lot okay i have a course on depression in six weeks i have a course on anxiety that's six weeks I have my major course, which is twelve weeks, um, in which that one I focus on spiritual, personal, and business productivity. Uh, when I say business, um, like I said, I, I'm I mainly focus on women newers, but these um, tips and tricks that I teach you can also be used in um, in a workplace environment. So don't feel excluded. So those are my three courses,
0: and, and that's,
1: then that's I the also point. that that's,
0: that's I'm the sorry point. the. 12 week program focuses mm-hmm. on you, you said spirit, spirituality, um, education, and I'm missing something
1: spiritual, personal, and business productivity. Okay, so those so there's four weeks on each one of those things, like each That's, one of them okay. is a section. So we start the, with spiritual, personal, and then business.
0: Okay, and then you have a six week on anxiety and then mm-hmm. a sixth week on depression. And mm-hmm. I would assume that, that 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 takes them through, you know, really being able to identify it and, well, I don't know, you, you elaborate. So, you know, that way they, if they hear, hear this, they can say, oh yeah, I need that.
1: So my focus is alleviating depression uh, and alleviating anxiety. Okay. My focus is alleviating whatever troubles you. But in okay. these two specific um, courses, I teach actual ways, like things that you can do now, you know, like day by day things, second by second sometimes, you know, sometimes we can't take the whole day at once. Um, Things that you can do, things that will help you piece by piece. Okay. Like while we're talking about anxiety, did you know that if you spend 15 minutes in the sunshine, it is proven, psychologically proven to Mm. reduce your level of anxiety? No, I didn't while coffee and caffeine is proven psychologically to increase your level of anxiety, so, ah, said, so that you, was a free tip on that one <laughs> you said that? No, I was like that was just a freebie you know
0: um yes, I like so okay, so now I want to ask this, so do you get into like diet, like maybe different types of foods they should stay away from, and things like that, or
1: yes, um, <laughs> that's why I said they are like so in depth and um, they all come with scriptures at least three because it's a it's a weekly thing now you can do it all in one sitting you just got the time and you can retain the knowledge Mm -hmm. and you know once you purchase it it is yours so i'm never gonna like take it back or anything like that um so what i aim to do is to alleviate it help you to push forward And they all come with free consultations. So if you get one now, then you can have another one when you get the course. If After you finish the course, you're like, I really didn't talk about what I should have talked about. I'm totally cool with that. Um, The consultations are 30 minutes. So they're not like a hit it and quit it kind of thing. Uh, A lot of people's consultations are like that. And I really don't like that feeling. (laughs) I don't feel like I got to ask all the questions I needed. So they're 30 minutes. And that's what the, the courses are set for. Now in the 12 week one, I mean, we dive into so many things. Um, Now when you click the links that I'm going to put in the comments we talked about, um, you'll get a video that has like tips out front that some of them are in the course and some of them aren't, Um, but it's just my way of giving something to you. So you get something. And then after that, um, you'll get get to see the whole curriculum of the course and all the topics that I talk about. Um, so that way you can kind of gauge, you know, I want, I want you to be able to see and know that it's content and it's not just fluff. And I'm like, I, I really spent several months getting all these things together. And then the last thing that I offer is the, the one-on-one lessons. Um, they're an hour a week and those are like where I literally walk you through the whole, whatever it is that you want to get through, I'll walk you through those. Um, and last question before I forget is how they can find me. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, all of those so you can find me um, under consult positivity and Twitter. Cause they won't let me be great. Um, it's consult positive because positivity is too many letters. One letter shot of having it, they won't let me do what I want to do. And I've actually like asked. <laughs> no. Um, so Twitter is consult positive, um, ending with the E. Um, but all the other social medias, like I said, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter, LinkedIn and YouTube is consult positivity.
0: Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know we talked about this, but I'm just gonna say it again. Just stick it in because you, you got a few links there. So just stick them in the comments. And like I said, I will go back and you know, add it into the into the uh, narrative and so forth but just you know do it um before you know before you forget i want you to forget so yeah so that that was um i really i really enjoyed this and um it was very 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 informative and I, i i just think it's so it's so needed you know it's so it's so needed and i think that's that's wonderful that your clients have access to you like that, you know, as like literally every step of the way, you know, where they can feel comfortable to reach out reach out to you, you know, via messenger, I guess, email or, you know, texting.
1: Text messages. Yeah, that's whatever. Funny. And I tell them that this is my theory. If I'm asleep, oh if I didn't answer, I'm asleep. Okay. If I so if you didn't get an answer, give me a couple hours and I'm coming back to you. You know, like um, I always But because that's something that we talked about that I felt was so, so needed, um, I'm always available to them. And it's it's a real staple in my structure. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, thank you for agreeing to come on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It truly was a pleasure. I hope that you guys learned something. You know, you you took something, some of the analogies, and like I said, share them. Um, with other women, because you never know who needs to hear about it, um, who needs to be in contact with all the other awesome entrepreneurs that she's going to have on the show as well. Um, and so, I hope and pray that you you share it and and really think about it. You know, watch the replay, maybe watch it two or three times to try to because there's a lot of information that we gave. <laughs> try to get it all in. Mm-hmm. Um, take some notes and and really really think on it. So. I'm really excited that uh, we were able to have this conversation. And um, I'm really excited for the things that are to come. And uh, I hope that you guys have a really good day. And then make sure that they follow your page. You know, that oh, yeah, that's up to that's date sure. on, you know. Things. And I'm going to spell it because for some <laughs> reason, <laughs> consult positivity is a hard word to spell. I'm going to spell it in the, in the, comments. The I should have thought that one, uh, through a little bit more, maybe I should have named it like CP or something. I don't know, but uh <laughs> it always seems to get people like because it's like so many eyes. It always messes people up. So I'm gonna spell it in the comments. so You can find it, um, so so you can have it because it's it's a great resource. uh We oh yeah, we also have a Facebook group. um oh, okay. Called Mastering Your Mindset Today, okay. and it's really awesome. Um all women, all positive. I'm very rigorous with my questions. So you must answer the questions to get into the group. I don't allow any other way. Um just because I want to make sure that it stays what I intended it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so And that
0: way you you could provide the best value. You know what I mean? Because if, if it's meant, if it's you know, who it's geared towards, right? Then they'll they'll get the most value out of it you know, there's no, no point to be there if they're not, you know, they're, they're not seeking what, what you're
1: offering Then they're, they're not going to engage, you know? So. Yeah. And not just that, but I really want, um, cause before I had a group that had like thousands of people in it. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like talking bad to each other and I was just like, what are y'all doing? Like what's going on in here? So I closed the whole thing down mm-hmm. and started over. And so that's why the questions that I ask are really important because I'm asking those questions to see if you're the type of woman that would be <laughs> uplifting to others. Cause a lot of them that come into the group, they already are very vulnerable, you know, mm-hmm. and they're looking for a community and not, they don't need any more negativity. We got enough of that happening in the world around us. Mm-hmm. All you gotta do is
0: turn on the news, right? Scary. Mm-hmm. So, Thank you for joining us. And for those ladies that joined us live, um, I can't see the comments, so I do apologize about that. But, and for those that may catch the replay, please let us know that you are a replay viewer. And as Samantha said, please share the video out, you know, cause there's, you, you never know, there's a lot of people out there that may need to hear this particular message. Okay, so please share it out, tag a friend. So you have joined us today for A Queen's Roundtable Show, which happens every second and fourth Sunday of the month at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I interview a different entrepreneur, female entrepreneur, and we just basically talk openly and honestly about entrepreneurship as well as some of the hurdles that they may have had. And we end off talking about different tools and techniques for you to utilize to be able to improve yourself professionally and personally. Let me say personally first and then professionally, okay? To be able to level up your business. So I am your host, Jacqueline Kabai-Harrison, and thank you so much for joining us. And thank you again, Miss Samantha. It has been great. And I'll probably be reaching out to you again at some point in the future. So thank Mm -hmm. you again. Thank you. All right, ladies. Okay, well, everyone have a wonderful, rest of the afternoon wherever you are wherever you are tuning in from and join us again next time all right bye-bye ladies